When you're in a situation where you think your life's going to end, everything's going to just slow down completely. We like to think of time as a constant, as steady, unfluctuating, infallible. But in some situations, like if you think you're about to die, time can bend and flex. It felt forever, but it was about 25 minutes. It can even seem to stop. It felt like (laughs) forever. It felt like an eternity. It just felt like eternity, you know? I'm Carrie Klein, and this is Escape from Mammoth Pool by KVPR, the true story of how hundreds of campers at an isolated reservoir survived one of the fastest-moving wildfires in California's recorded history. In last week's episode, we left our three families around lunchtime on September 5, 2020. It was the Saturday of Labor Day weekend, and it was also the day the Creek Fire would catch everyone by surprise. At 10 a.m. that morning, it was just a blip on the radar, around 600 acres in size. But by dinnertime, it had exploded to 45,000 acres. It devoured the 10 miles to Mammoth Pool in less than 24 hours. In briefings and interviews, fire officials would later call the blaze aggressive, unprecedented, and in a class by itself. With the fire closing in on the lake, these three families were navigating the throng of panic and chaos as they got ready to evacuate the campground. In this episode, the 10 minutes that took an eternity. When we last saw Carla Carcamo, she and her family had been watching flames tumble down the hillside. They were stalling packing their trucks while counting the seconds until her siblings and cousins would return from a hike. They wondered how long they could wait. But as Carla made her way to her brother's tent to pack up his things, the decision was made for them. All I heard was like a a snap. It was a tree coming down. And then like a shh. And it just hit the floor. I ran. I have no idea how I ran that fast. It was a crystallizing moment, because as much as Carla ached for her brother and sister, other people had been accounted for. Carla's parents, young cousins, a disabled aunt. For their sakes, it was time to go. We had to. We had to leave them. Because it was either you stay and you burn up, or you go and you leave them. They had heard that the road out of the mountains was blocked, and so the only way to go was further into the Sierra, toward the lake, two narrow, winding miles of dirt road that dead-end at the water. Carla white-knuckled the drive with her mother and aunt in her Chevy Silverado. I don't remember if I was crying just because I wanted to not do that for my mom, but I do, me in my head, I just kept saying, the Lord is our shepherd every and I couldn't remember the whole prayer. <laughs> All I kept saying is, the Lord is our shepherd. He will protect us. Nothing's going to happen to us. I said, God is great. God is with us. And I was just trying to, like, control my, my emotions, you know? A 
Across the campground, Alex Teramonti was panicking. After she and her husband Raul Reyes made it back to their campsite to pack, she kept calm by helping buddies, a couple with a nine-month-old baby, a friend having trouble leaving his brand-new DJ equipment behind. But once she and Raul were alone in their truck, Alex was floored. She was having a, a moment, I guess. Panic at the straight. Once we're in the car and we're going, I just let it all go. Yeah. I started screaming, crying. I just let it all go. She and Raul had seen the flames over the road out of the mountains. So like Carla, who had likely left earlier, they knew the only way out was toward the lake, a dirt road made more dangerous by the thick smoke. Under normal circumstances, the drive took about 10 minutes. But just after they took off, traffic came to a dead stop. Raul, who was driving, says they could have been there 30 seconds or two minutes or 10. When you're in a situation where you think your life's going to end, everything's going to just slow down completely. But he didn't want Alex to know he was worried. And I was just trying to calm her down, like, it's going to be okay. As a matter of fact, I'm going to need you right now. He gave Alex a task, call 911. It was one of the few calls that would make it through to the Madera County Sheriff's Office. Once I had that task to do, I knew that, like, that was my job, that was my focus. When the call connected, she was calm. We're trying to leave the area. We're trapped. Um, We are literally, we have people running to the lake, like on foot, running to the lake as fast as they can because there's fire everywhere. She laid out the situation. There's just a lot of kids. How many? Families. We have over 30 families here. Do you see flames from where you are right now? Every, in every direction, yes. The dispatcher told Alex what they already knew, that the only safety would be at the water. But she stayed on the line, letting Alex talk and reminding her to breathe. Traffic began moving again, and as they wound their way through smoke and embers, Alex found another focus. She and Raul began to pick up passengers in their Dodge truck, hikers who were bursting out of trails or running along the road. Hop on, hop on. Hop on if you need to, hop on. Alex crawled onto the front center console, and they crammed into the cab, piled into the truck bed, and hung on to the open doors. All this as flames closed in. At one point, the truck even crawled over part of a tree that had fallen across the road. How many people do you have in your car? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I don't even know how many people yeah, are in the back of my truck. Yeah, just get as many truck. people as you can. I'm sure this is against the law. <laughs> against the law? Alex even cracked a joke, but she got tense again. She could feel the heat from the flames inside the truck. And suddenly, after eight minutes, the call dropped out. Oh, God. Oh, this whole thing's on fire. Alex? Meanwhile, Vicky Castro and her husband, Rolando Rosales, were also on the road. They, their two kids, and their niece and nephew were a few minutes ahead of Alex and Raul. But on their way to the lake, a car ahead of them suddenly just stopped. Its trailer had fallen off. Traffic was at a standstill, and the flames were moving in. It was basically, you can turn left or right. When we turned right, the fire was about 10 feet to the left of us. A family in another car ahead of them panicked. Vicky and Rolando saw them jump out and start running for the lake. With the fire on their tail, Vicky made a plan. When I saw the fire, 
four cars behind us. I told the kids, get ready to run. They'd run as a family, but when she opened the doors, her nephew panicked and just took off down the road. The other three kids bolted after him. Vicky was wrestling to save their terrified dog, a husky puppy named Loki. But that's what took the longest to try to get the dog out, and that's when I lost them like in two minutes. By the time Vicky started running into the smoke with Loki in her arms, she couldn't see her kids anywhere. Rolando was still in the driver's seat, trying to maneuver their truck and trailer around the abandoned car. But there were too many obstacles for such a large vehicle. A steep slope on one side, trees and boulders on the other. He had to leave it all behind. Now, the whole family was running toward the lake, but separately. Vicky had no idea how far the water was, and she hadn't seen any cars make it past the gridlock. I had given up. Just at that point, I was just standing there, and I'm like, I can't go to the front of me because it was basically smoke and fire. You could see, like, the flames kind of reaching out to the road. But some vehicles did make it through, and out of the haze, a truck materialized. It was their friends Raul and Alex. And Rolando was there in the truck bed. They were reunited, but only the two of them. I started panicking more because I still hadn't found the kids. And I was like, if I'm in a truck and I pass them, we're not going to have time to stop and pick them up. Alex ordered Vicky to get in. So she did, handed Loki to Rolando and hung off of one of the open doors. Buffeted by heat and smoke, she shouted for the kids all the way to the lake. In the back, Rolando lost his grip on Loki. Someone pulled our dog away from my husband, like yanked him out of his arms and said, like, basically, like, F your dog and let his leash go. And our dog still tried to run behind the truck for like two minutes, but he couldn't. He was, he got scared. And that's the last time we saw the dog. By around 3 p.m., after harrowing drives, all these families made it to the lake, where scores of people were already congregating. Mercifully, the water levels were low, which left a wide swath of dry lake bed below the tree line for Carla and everyone else to park. I have never been so happy to see that there's not enough water in there for it to be at full capacity. The water wasn't up high, and we were it, was, it looked kind of like a little beach area. Once they emerged from the smoldering forest, cars eased down the boat launch onto the sand and inched as close to the water as they could. When Alex and Raul left their campsite, it was only the two of them and their dog in the truck. But when they reached the lake, around 17 people climbed out, reuniting with the friends and family who'd been waiting for them. Vicky and Rolando got out as fast as they could. We didn't ask her to stop. Me and Rolando just jumped out of the truck and we were like, okay, now we need to look for the kids. It was Rolando who spotted them first. I can't explain what I felt at that moment. Everybody uh, was crying. That was the happiest moment in my life, to be honest. They find out later the four kids had caught rides with family friends. At the lake, they'd kept their eyes glued on the boat launch, hoping the next car to arrive would be carrying Vicky and Rolando. Everyone at the lake had escaped a campground going up in flames, and many began to feel glimmers of hope, even as the conditions worsened. The smoke choked out the sun, turning late afternoon to nighttime. From the inside of her truck, air conditioning blasting, Alex watched the fire make its final push toward the lake. It was kind of light when we had first gotten there and we were like finding where to park. 
And then all of a sudden, like the sky went black. That's when it really felt like the true fire was coming through. You could feel and hear the wind whipping across the vehicle. You could hear and see the embers flying everywhere, hitting trucks and trailers and stuff like that that were all parked at the lake and just like exploding. But she felt safe in her truck, away from the tree line. She began to wonder how long they'd be here and if they had enough food. Meanwhile, Carla couldn't sit still. She paced from car to car, checking in on relatives, keeping herself busy. If she stopped to think, she'd remember the hikers, including her brother and sister, still hadn't emerged from the flames. Time passed by, I don't know, I want to say like an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. And every time more time passed by, it was like I lost more hope. I lost more hope of them coming. But where Carla was losing steam, Vicky was gaining it. The six members of her family and dozens of others had taken refuge in the water. They'd waded in up to their waists, and she was shielding the kids from flying embers with a foam pad that she'd caught in the wind. The kids were in tears, crying that they were going to die. But Vicky, despite the rumbling flames, their missing dog, and the terror in her children's eyes, she had faith that somewhere beyond the fire, there were people who cared, people who were doing everything they could to get them out. And at that point, I was like, you know what? This is not where this ends. Like, we're not done. That's not the way that all of us end up. In the next episode, evacuees switch into rescue mode and heroes abound. That's next week on Escape from Mammoth Pool. This episode was reported and produced by me, Carrie Klein, and edited by Alice Daniel. Music by Kevin McLeod. Web support from Alex Burke. This has been a production of KVPR, NPR for Central California. Thanks for listening.